on this week's bet the process podcast we have rufus out of new york and he's rufus so we try to extract some real value from him and all we get is minus ev college picks that you will manage to get to if you listen to the entire thing so with that let's start the process Bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a out with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to another episode of the Bet the process podcast another episode where rufus is making me wait all night to do a this podcast. one is my fault this one is definitely my fault as yeah, was last week, week. as, as was, was last, last week. week but jeff jeff you are a man who has a much more stable life than i do right now would you agree stable life and stable wife i have two children rufus exactly have you have to you have I, to have stability it's it, it is well, required I need to have some predictability from my podcast partner. It's people true. often ask me, people often ask me, you know, about your situation, uh, your personal situation. And I say, well, you know, I have trouble doing a podcast with Rufus. So I can't even imagine what it'd be like to date him. So honestly, honestly, I can't imagine what it would be like to date me either. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it's not, it's not yeah. a, Oh, okay. So now, just so everyone cares, like Did the Dodgers win. The Dodgers won. The Dodgers won. Go Dodgers! I had the Dodgers in that game, but I also had the over. So split that. Had? Did you have anything in the uh, NFL game tonight? Um, no. Who? Who? Wait, who played? I had. I had. Wait, wait. I had an under in the Navy game. How did that go? Did I win or not? Navy, Memphis, Memphis Navy. Probably. I know I had, that's the only bet I had under our Navy, Navy Memphis. I've been out all night, so I don't know what ended up. I, I know nothing. I thought it was like 35, 14, but I looked at it quickly. So we'll double check. This is fascinating podcasting. I'm pe- sure people are really glad that we've blind we've checking that. of scores. Fun 35, time. 17. So I think your game went under would be Ooh, my guess. Yeah. I went under by four points. So Tell Rufus, tell me a little bit about why you actually blew me off for the podcast last week. Because for you, it was some really cool moment that you got to go with Roxy and Vic Salerno or something. Salerno, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Found, yeah, founder of Leroy's and American Wagering. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I got, I had an invite to go. So you were at G2E. I was at G2E. The gaming conference, which I'd also like to hear a little bit about at some point. I, I spent an entirety of one hour at the actual conference part. Nobody actually spends time at those conferences. It's all about the networking. Right, exactly, exactly. Although I was afraid I had COVID because I like got, I thought I was sick. So I got tested and there weren't tests. So I had to get a DIY test and I did. And I tested negative on that. And it turns out head colds were going around in Vegas because Jeff, I had kind of PTSD from the last time I had, was at a conference where I mass infected people including including rudy gobert rufus rufus p well if you did rudy gobert you did donovan mitchell also so it's like rufus peabody patient zero rufus Um, rufus Rufus, p P firefly 
So just to caveat here, Rufus has been out all night. He's on the East Coast. He's been drinking. And I may have to interrupt him more than often to get him through some of these stories. So what I was asking you about is to tell me a little bit about the reason you blew off the podcast yeah. last week. Okay, so I, I had dinner with Roxy Roxborough and mm-hmm. Vic Salerno at the Italian American Social Club in Las Vegas, which is what is the Italian American Social Club? It's an old school. It's an old school Vegas joint that you know it, it was Frank Sinatra used to frequent. It was, I mean, think old Vegas. Like this place is the epitome of that. And is it downtown? Where is it? Or do you know like, it's, just it's like on Sahara? It's on Sahara, um, east of the Strip. Sahara. It's kind of it's nondescript. It's in a strip mall basically. But you know, I obviously I showed up. I was wearing you know, a suit jacket, pants, like a nice shirt, et cetera. You know, I, I was, I was not going to be underdressed there. And of course, cause Roxy's always in a suit. Yeah. Roxy's dressed in the nines. That guy's right. a sharp dresser. He really, so tell me a little bit about the dinner. Was there any good conversation? Did they, you know, how did it go? Um, it was fantastic. Um, it was, it was, it was so, so captain Jack was there as well. It was the four of us. And I, you know, I got a lot of stories that I'm probably not privileged to share, but I mean, you got to share one of them or something like that, that with no names, don't even say who said it and and don't say who was at the dinner with you. (laughs) But I I will say it it is really interesting to hear about how thing, how things got started in the gambling world and how it was back in the, basically in the eighties. And just like, I don't know if you're a student of history, you would have loved it. Well, a student of sports betting history. Sports betting history, of course. Like if you were a st- student of like ancient Greek history, would you have loved it? Potentially. I don't, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you one way or another. What did you guys eat at this dinner? Ooh, I had a, I ate pasta. Was it like classic red sauce pasta? It was, I yes, I did have a classic red sauce. Figured. Um, and, uh, any like no other kernels no other like you literally blew off the podcast for this dinner so i kind of feel like you owe the listeners some kind of entertaining thing that happened at the dinner that um that was said at the dinner something that you said at the dinner something insightful it sounds like you got nothing rufus really got nothing um, no, I have some, well, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't have anything that we feel comfortable saying, you know, I feel you like say something Rufus, you were like literally blew off the podcast. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'll do? I'll, I'll ask Roxy what I can say and then I'll tweet it out to promote our podcast. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay. So tell us a little bit about G2E and now, now you're no longer in Vegas. Now you're I'm on no your vision quest I'm in, in New, New York, York city. I mean, so yeah. any of our listeners that are in New York City will tweet out, will dox Rufus and send out his actual address so you can all show up at his doorstep and ask him for minus EV picks. Um, what are you doing in New York? Like, tell, first, tell us a little bit about sort of the G2E situation. Like, what is there anything that you can say that was entertaining that happened during G2E? Um, oh, I had a conversation. I sat down. I had a sit down with Art Terrace and 
Johnny Avello. That was fun. Where Johnny Avello told me that it's been proven that the book, the bookmaking model of taking bets from anyone is not profitable. And I was like, um, has it been proven? I don't know. I mean, like Pinnacle, Chris. I think it's, I, I, I do think it's an easier model in a way, right? But so Johnny Avello, who was... Johnny Avello ran the win. He ran the yeah. win, and then he went over to DraftKings. I actually kind of liked him when like I met he's him. He's a nice when I was, guy. Like, I had a yeah, fantastic well, conversation with him and Art. He's like very old. Both of those guys are just very old school. Art was the guy that was at the uh, MGM, right? For a long Art, time. No, Art was at Stations. But then I think he went to MGM after that, I think. I believe he used to be a casino. So art, art, art was only stations. I don't think that's true. Fist, you want to bet me? Yes. I think he no, was, he was at MGM, MGM before, maybe. Before, maybe. Not not after. Before what? He was definitely not at anywhere after stations. Oh, yeah. I think he was at MGM before stations. Like, that was yeah. before my time, though. Well, so, no, but no, when I was, when I was uh, betting, sorry, when I was on ESPN, the one of the greatest moments of my time at ESPN was when they flew me out to Vegas to um, do the Mayweather Pacquiao fight and do sports center hits for that. And I actually got to do like a walking tour of Vegas sports books where I went in and talked to guys like Johnny Avello about like what the action looked like and everything like that. You didn't, you didn't have him by chance to watch, um, Tyson Fury. Oh, you went to the fight, right? You went with Shane to the fight. I went to the fight. Indeed. Did you bet on that fight at all? I didn't. I didn't know anything about any of the fighters, but it was. How do you not know anything about any of the fighters? This is like old school. I don't follow like, boxing. But you don't need to follow boxing to know Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Yeah, right? you, like, you do. You do if you don't follow it at all. So I ended up betting on Fury because I was basically like had nostalgia about this where I was like, I'm going to order the fight and I am going to watch this fight and I'm going to bet on it because it reminded me of the old days back in, you know, the, the nineties and early two thousands when we used to go to every fight, um, we were playing blackjack and would just the, the atmosphere. So like, how did the atmosphere feel walking into that fight? Did you feel kind of like a high roller, like strolling down when like there's people all, lined up along the hallway and you're just walking down there almost like a red carpet well not at all we we had a bit of a snafu trying to get tickets there was a technology technological this is the most disappointing podcast i think i've ever done with you where like i'm trying to set you up for something interesting and you're like well i don't actually know that didn't happen so there was a snafu with getting oh, tickets. We, we we got in there we got in there right as the first round started so we didn't get to see uh mm. we, we didn't see the like red carpet stuff but but had we saw the Shane, fight. Had Shane bet on the fight? Um, yeah, he had some bets. He said he ended up with a position, I believe, on over seven and a half rounds. And right. he thought he was drawing dead from the third round on because it it looked like he that fight probably wasn't drawing dead from the third round on because after the seven and a half round, he probably knew he wasn't drawing. Okay, dead. so third and fourth rounds. I'll put it that way. Okay, there it, you go. It looks like that fight was gonna be over in a hurry. Yeah, it was pretty fascinating the the way that Wilder turned that fight. I mean, Fury dominated that fight with the exception of that one round. Yeah. Where it was hard to tell whether Fury was actually hurt 
because it looked like both of his knockdowns were like slips rather than real knockdowns. Yeah, yes, Wilder hit him. No, they were knockdowns. Times. They were totally knockdowns. I don't know, dude. If you watch it, they it almost just looks like he slips in a couple of times. Like, yes, I know they were credited as knockdowns, but the knockdowns that he had on on Wilder were by far. Anyways, but the it was nice to see betting back and and so did you do anything after that fight did you go and gamble did you go do anything fun we, we, we had we had a nice dinner at at um at the aria where'd you go um we we tried to get we like it was absolutely packed we we did not get into carbone but it was the steakhouse next door the jean what's it called jean george yeah there you go it was fantastic it was delicious yeah. delicious that place is great i mean the the food at the, i mean kind of after this whole like time at the Aria where we went to catch and I kind of think Aria is my new jam, by the way, you didn't actually spend that much time at Aria with us. You just went to catch with us because you were staying catch, in your, in your catch was fantastic. Yeah. I was staying in my condo. And by the way, I have to say my condo in Vegas is my happy place. So are you going to, so you're going to spend what a month in, in New York, where are you living in New York? Exactly. I'm in the East village. Okay. And then you, then what is after New York for you? I'm after New York. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm living in the present, Jeff. Okay. Well, just I'm, well, no, after New York is Thanksgiving with my family. Got it. And then after um, that, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on doing a lot of, I'm going to spend a good amount of time in Denver in the winter. I have a lot of friends there and I'm going to do some skiing. I'm going to ski with, you know, Jennings and David Al, those guys are like, you know, those guys are lightning down the slopes. I think Jennings is pretty good at everything physical. He really and is. mental. He's just like, he's kind of like a good, he's kind of like a lucky seed or a lucky trader, as they might say. Uh, you know, um, some would say that some, some. Okay. So do you want to talk a little sports? I guess you, we could do that. Did you follow the fact that Alabama lost last weekend? I did indeed. Was that, did you look at game grades at all for that? Like how, how did that, was that game a fluke or was that like, I mean, what, what does that mean right now in terms of futures and things like that? Uh, I did not do game grades, but I mean, I could have, um, if you would give me a little notice. Um, no. I'm sorry. Not not putting the blame on you. Just my own laziness. Notice like two weeks of notice for the to do this podcast. Exactly. Um, no, I, I haven't. Uh, honestly, I probably should start doing those game grades again every week because they. I think they're a cool way to to sort of look at what happens each week in a good lens to evaluate what's happened. But I actually did run futures for the first time, and basically Georgia is. I think Georgia is like plus one seventeen to win it all at this point, according to my according to your model. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, wow, there has got to be value betting on Georgia. And then I look at books and it's like, yes, minus 120, no, plus 100, you know. How so basically about, Georgia is, a, is the prohibitive favorite. So just as a question, you, how about let's like check in on the futures that I have on Georgia and you can tell me whether they're value or not. Oh, yeah, I know. I know because Preston, well, no, who is it telling me? I think it was Preston that you bet 10 to one on Georgia and that, and I felt like I was like, God damn it. Georgia's going to win now. I'm going to be jealous. <laughs> you bet him a 10 to one, right? No, 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 no. I like seven to one. Well, you are in certainly sitting pretty. 
Yeah, I probably the worst part is I probably if I shopped around could have got better prices than that at the time I bet it. But I was like, this is just for shits and giggles because I kind of like root for Georgia every year. Um, so, but the, the thing is, like Alabama is still plus two forty, right? Because they clearly still have a path, don't they? I mean, they're gonna be. I guess I'll, honestly, they might get left out of the out of the SEC title game, right? That's the real worry now. I mean, yeah, they don't have a lot of margin for error. Well, but is so they're on the same side of the draw as A and M, right? And now A and M has like head to head against them, right? We yeah, can... I mean, I think it's likely A and M loses though. Are they not that good? I mean, they're good. They're not that good. That that's some good analysis. Okay, so Bama do you want a is... number? Do you, do you want a number on that? They're the fourteenth oh, yeah. best so, team in the country per Massey so, Peabody. A and M. So A and M is one and two. A and M is is a two touchdowns worse than Alabama on a neutral field. So Alabama. Is they beat one, Alabama. So, so essentially, Bama is likely to still make the. SEC championship game. They're likely at this point going to play Georgia. Correct. I would say it's more likely than not. And they have, they will be arguably at at that point, if they make to the SEC championship game, they're going to be pretty close to, it's going to be like a field goal. Well, you think Georgia will even be favored in that game? Oh yeah. Georgia is 100%. Georgia is right now a four and a half point favorite over Alabama in my in my model. That's crazy. Well, it's just because you're used to Alabama always being favored over everybody. I know. Do you have any adjustment for JT Daniels versus versus uh, Stetson Bennett or Stetson whatever his name well, is? Well, honestly, right. Like, I'm assuming JT Daniels will be back. If he's not, it's going to be, you know, probably a little worse. Yeah. So you do have a relative adjustment for JT Daniels versus Stetson. Whatever. I can. It's. I will say I don't have a ton of confidence in it because it's based on it's. Essentially, it's formulaic based on how many starts one quarterback had and, you know, recruiting ratings and stuff like that. It's not a – it isn't actually based on how the team played because, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, it is very tough to get the individual player adjustments right, especially in college. So where do you have um, Kentucky – Got it, man. I have to like, hold on. I don't know if they're in the first page. Thirty uh, first. So essentially, essentially Georgia can probably even lose to Alabama. In do you think they can lose to Alabama in the final in the SEC championship and still make the national championship? I mean, still make the playoffs. Kentucky can lose to. Sorry. No, I, I, I'm. I was wondering, right, is, can Georgia still make the, the playoffs with a loss to, um, to, to Bama and the – Yeah, I would think so. I mean, at least given that we have Georgia's like 95% to make the playoffs, I assume that that's a yes per our model. But I will say this, Jeff. What is difficult, I think I think we're low on Cincinnati. I think our, our numbers ended up showing Cincinnati with only like a uh, about a 10% chance to make the playoff. And we have them as the fourth best team in the country. And I think that's because of the historical bias against group of five schools. 
But I think if Cincinnati wins out, they're going to make it, don't you think? I would think, right. And, and Cade basically told me the same thing. He said, like, he looked into our, he was looking at our results of these Sims. And he said, in the first Sim, Notre Dame is a two-win team, two-loss team, sorry, makes it over Cincinnati. He's like, that's not happening, especially given the fact that Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. And I yeah, think how is right that even that. possible? Right, right. But the whole point is this is an algorithm. And this is treating, we are making an adjustment for a group of five teams based on how the committee has treated them in previous years. And I think we can confidently say that Cincinnati is not going to get the same treatment that UCF did. Would you agree with that? In what way? Like negative treatment or positive treatment? Negative, negative. I, I think people thought Cincinnati, I mean, first off, Cincinnati has also played a, I mean, they've had a different schedule. They've played, I mean, they played Notre Dame. Right. Yeah. That alone, I think, is the reason that people will look at them differently. And they were good. This is the classic. They were good last year, too. And yeah. people thought, like, oh, they had a chance. Um, yeah. I think we got a Georgia, Cincinnati. And then, like, the whole thing, you know how we always complain every year about, like, how we, wait, you can just, just stop there. We, we always complain. Yeah. Yeah. We, we complain largely about how college is, like, predetermined. This year, it does seem a little like it's not, right? Because you have from the Big Ten, you got Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan with all somewhat of a legitimate chance to get in the national title, depending on what happens down the road. You have, I mean, you even have an Oregon team who, if they went out, could have some, some in Bama. It's, it's going to be interesting. It, it, I mean, the top four is. right now are Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma. That's in the AP top 25. What is your top five from a power rankings perspective? Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Cincinnati. Interesting. Oh, and then Oklahoma. Right. And Ohio, Iowa State, Arizona, Clemson, Florida, Penn State after that. Hmm. All right. Let's uh, let's talk a little NFL and then and then we'll let you go on your merry way. Uh, you had tweeted out something about this whole like quantifying the value of and, and we have like two kind of like weird coaching situations, right? We have Urban Meyer who kind of like seems like he abandoned his team at some level and and may not be a particularly good NFL coach. Well, he decided. To, John, I mean, he put him um, he he put him in the plane and then he like left and went over to hang out with his with college girls in Cincinnati, right? Like, like anyone else wouldn't have done that. Um, so, Speak for right. Yourself. So now we have a situation where Jacksonville, Miami go to England together. Do you, I'm assuming that there's no, you're not making any kind of adjustment for anything that's happening in Jacksonville. You tweet, you tweeted out this whole thing about Gruden. Did or did you make an adjustment or did you get any good answers about making adjustments? Um, I did not make an adjustment. And I mean, I, honestly, I just, I tweeted out mostly to hear people's process because I feel like everybody has a take on it. Not, I mean, everybody has a take on whether he should have been fired or not or resigned or not, but also people have a take on, I think what the impact is on the Raiders. And I was curious how people actually came to their, like their number, I mean, it's easy to say, oh, this is going to, you know, torpedo the Raiders season, but what is the actual impact? And the, if you think about it, they're still betting on the game, right? So you need to be able to quantify that. 
And whether you are, if you, if you're betting on the game, you are implicitly quantifying it one way or another. And so I was curious, like the framework people were using. And I thought Drew Dinsick from the whale, um, from, you know, our, our, sorry, whale capper, exactly from the deep dive podcast. I was, I was saying from the whale podcast, and I was like, wait, that's not the name of the podcast. Um, but cause his Twitter handles whale capper, but he, I, I thought he had the best answer there. And he talked in terms of standard deviations. He said he thought that the Raiders offense was a half a standard deviation better than average. And he basically thought that based on that, a lot of that was due to, I guess, or I think he thought the coaching would hurt them about a half a standard deviation. Um, and, and so he thought they were kind of an average talent um, team, if I recall. And so, I mean, I thought that was interesting like, how to hear we, the framework when, when did, someone would, would, would use. There were a lot of answers. Most people were, Rufus. Most, most answers sucked, to be honest, like where they didn't actually give me any, any idea of what their framework was. But Rufus, when did we decide that Gruden was a good coach? I don't, I don't know if we did. That's the whole point. Well, then how are we making did, any did, did you read? Well, but did you read Bill Barnwell's article today? I thought it was fascinating about how he basically left the Raiders covered bare. He inherited a team that had gone six and 10, but the season before had gone 12 and four. And basically he made all these trades. He traded away Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper. He got a bunch of first round picks and they made a bunch of awful picks that they stretched for. And, and, and Barnwell basically thought that it was more in Gruden than Mike Mayock, which makes sense given the fact that Gruden had the 10 year contract and was, you know, the power player in Oakland or Oakland slash Las Vegas. And so, I mean, I don't know, but the thing is, I think what's unique is that Gruden is the guy Gruden calls the plays. He has the relationship with Derek Carr. How does that, especially on a short, like, you know, in one week, how does that change? Right. Like, I'm not talking about it for futures bets, which I don't want to, because I'm, like loaded on the Raiders for futures. So this is like not, not the outcome I'd hoped for, but at least from a betting perspective, um, it, it's, I think it's the right outcome from like, you know, a, a humanity, a uh, what's the right word I'm looking for, Jeff, like from a human perspective. Yes. But it's, yeah, I, mean, I mean, we can talk about, let, let's, let's start first with this, like this concept of well, one, I mean, this whole idea that he wrote these things. I don't know if did you have you seen Staley's reaction? Staley's reaction was spot on. And I like the problem, like it literally, I would have bet, bet, bet on the maybe. Ravens this week, but I didn't because I was like, you know what? Staley has shown me that he is like I, I am so so underestimating like the charters because Staley is like such an outlier. Yeah, I, I mean, I went and um, last night when I saw that, I had already bet on the Chargers this week and I got them at like three and a half. Did you bet Chargers futures? I don't have any Chargers futures. I wish I did. I mean, Justin Herbert is so good. And um, we just leave it, we leave it to your boy Ed Teach because remember last year when he was like, oh, they went and drafted Justin Herbert and he sucks and they just got to keep Tyrod Taylor in there. And then, and then he went and punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. That was, that was yeah, I mean, I thought that was the trainer. Isn't Ed Teach the trainer for the Chargers? I mean, he might be, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it, 
It wouldn't be the most shocking thing for the day. Um, okay, so so you actually you must like the Ravens then at two and a half, or if it keeps I, I make them minus six point three. Wow, with a one point, uh, my home field advantage is one point nine there. So whatever, I mean, that's the thing. I'm the the home field there is the thing I'm least confident on, but. So you have the Ravens with a much higher home field. Well, no, I mean it's look, oh, because of travel and everything. It's, it's three time zones. They're playing. Yeah, no, yeah, it's got it, got it. Biorhythms, circadian rhythms, etc. Yes, exactly. The cicadas. Circadian, circadian rhythms. Y- you know it. Um. So I, I just, I guess I'm just unclear on why we even think that. I guess it's a, it's a, it's a rare occasion that a coach that we thought was doing a reasonable job gets fired or leaves right because ultimately most of the time when it when a coach is leaving it's in a a dire situation so we're not thinking about making any negative adjustments to a team right no that that's a really good point jeff and and a lot of people that reply to me basically said oh if you look at the like his like historically blah 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 but historically isn't a good precedent here because how often do you have a coach that actually is their team has a winning record they've for the most part, exceeded expectations. I mean, they started 3-0 and and they've been 0-2 since. But, I mean, I think if you ask people, if you ask Raiders fans if the team, like, if they would be except 3-2 and through five games, most would say yes. They just From a, from like a um, hindsight bias standpoint, do you think that the Raiders were impacted last week against the Bears by all of this uncertainty and situation? I mean, in hindsight, I'd have to say yes. I mean, they clearly underperformed. I don't know. It, it obviously could also just be variance. And and so I don't know. But but I would think, given the fact they did underperform and all this came out, and, you know, I mean, it's it's hard to think it didn't. But, again, I don't really know. What do you think? I had a bet on the the uh, Bears in that game, so I, you know, obviously that won pretty pretty uh, easily. And our bearded friend actually liked. He was on the Raiders. He was on the Raiders in that game. So I, um, my model and the bearded friend, when they conflict, um, often I'll bet out of a game. But in that game, I didn't. I just said I'm going to roll with the chart with the with the Bears, and I guess I was pleasantly surprised at how easy a win that was in many ways. Um, yeah, I, I think this, the, and then are you, and then in terms of like this week with Miami and Jacksonville, or is there anything there? Do we know anything about when Jacksonville and Miami arrived in London? Do you think about that? I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't. Cause I, the game was nowhere close to a bet for me. I make it minus 3.6 for Miami. So it, I basically am just ignoring the game because there's no way I'm going to have a bet on either team. Yeah, we, we like Miami in that game. So Wait, you assume two is back, right? Uh, or do you not care about back? quarterbacks? I'm assuming two is back. No, we don't. Our model is quarterback independent, which is probably wrong, um, but interesting uh to uh that's interesting because i picked up jacoby Brissett in the league so with that (laughs) oh god but it's okay okay because i have Tua also in that league so it's fine um so you think two is back huh i mean he was supposed to be back okay well 
Uh, all right. Um, and then anything else in the NFL that you want to talk about? Do you want to like, do you want to talk at all about Jeff. your little, what's up? Oh, I, I literally didn't bet a single game this. Well, no, actually I did a little. No, I bet two games. Damn it. I was going to say I didn't bet a single game, but I bet two games. I didn't know. What I bet. did you bet? Chicago plus four and a half. New England plus four. Your team, New England. Yeah, I'm going to bet. I'm, I'm on New England at plus four. It's plus three and a half minus 115. That, that's going down. Oh, damn. So I got good value. I got plus four minus 103 and minus 106 and plus three and a half plus 105. Do you have not, not any, to brag? Not to brag. Is there does that surprise you because you don't like Mac Jones? Yeah, I mean, that's why I was okay betting it, honestly. Yeah, Given the fact that do you have any deconstruction of the model in terms of why you like New England there? And I'm just, I, I think, guess I'm Dallas, just no, I mean, like, I think it's Dallas. I think the fact is the perception is so high on Dallas right now, right? Like, I think people consider Dallas like. An elite team. Maybe, though. right, right. Like like a top team in the NFC. The other yeah. thing, Jeff, I did is I put my finger on the trigger in a way uh, for New England. You're going to be impressed with this. And I actually changed my prior because I know that they had, with all the COVID opt-outs last year in defense, I basically said, you know what? I'm going to make an adjustment and I'm going to make their defensive prior. I'm going to weight that a little more towards two years ago. Do you have them rated as a reasonable defense? Um, I believe I do now. I didn't to begin the season. And now I have them, yes, as a substantially below uh, above average defense. Like not okay. the best or anything. They're... Well, I don't think anyone thinks they have the best defense. No, of course. Got, I mean, they, they just let Davis Mills throw for three touchdowns against them. One, two, um, three, four, five, sixth best. Between Chicago and Pittsburgh? But Do you know, I, I have about... them as having a putrid offense, though. Like, I still have them as a below average team. I'll put it that way. Interesting. I just don't think Dallas is like, I have Dallas as 3.14 points above average. Like, I make the game minus 1.9. I don't think, I, I, I feel like that's a pretty solid number. Minus 1.9? Yeah. Like, there are games where, it, it, you know, if you ask me my number on, like, a game with Houston or something, I might have a little more uncertainty with it. But I think it's a pretty solid number for Dallas. Yeah. Or, like, or, or if you ask me my number for, like, Las Vegas, Denver. Like, my Denver minus 1.13, I'm not really going to stand by, given all the upheaval in Las Vegas. So what, what do you – so sorry, what do you make that Denver game? One point one three. And so you didn't bet. Vegas. No, I didn't bet it. No, I mean you hear when you hear the quarterback essentially saying, "Oh, like the coach is a great guy still," and I, you know, blah blah blah. I'm sure. I mean, there's. I, I'm not a. I'm not a psychologist. Yeah, like that's one that I'm just like Jacksonville last week. I was fine just staying away from it. Like, why am I going to, I'm not a bookmaker. I don't have to take a stand. Why would I? Like my, my, I've never said my strength is psychology. It's fascinating. I've never seen you shy away so much from games where you show clear edge in something that is largely unquantifiable. I show edge. I show edge for the reason that like, 
like the line moved. Well, it moved from three to three and a half. I guess. No, but Rufus, you don't typically shy away from these kind of things. In fact, in fact, most of the time you take a contrarian viewpoint. I still do. I can still take a contrarian viewpoint, but and say maybe it's being overvalued or the move is being overvalued or something. But at the same time, yeah, but like, like, there's wait, a narrative. Like, I agree. I think narratives are overblown. It's crazy to me that you're not betting the Ravens in that game, by the way. The, you have the Ravens minus, aren't playing. What's that? I mean, uh, you mean the Raiders? No, the Ravens. Which game are you talking about? I'm talking about the Ravens Chargers. Because didn't you just tell me you had the Ravens at minus? No, I was talking about Ra- Ra- Raiders Broncos. We, but earlier we were talking about Ravens Chargers, and you said oh. you didn't bet the Ravens, even though you have them at minus well, six something. You know, honestly, I'll bet them at minus two and a half. I, I was, I wasn't going to bet them at minus three and a half where it was initially. I'll bet them at minus two and a half though. Right, and that was my point. And you said yeah. no, I'm not. I'm going to stay away from them. So that's well, why I was. I know I was kind of making a joke. I was just trying to let you know my 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 love for for Staley. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, but it's just interesting. I, I, I find this to be like a seminal moment and maybe this is like the newfound Rufus and the vision quest that you're on. But the idea that you were shying away from some of these games where you show clear edge in situations that aren't, you know, like where I've seen you stay away or more around situations of, of, uh, of, of injury or uncertainty like covid uncertainty and all that kind of stuff that's where i've seen you stay away i've never really seen you stay away from some some sort of a psychological narrative situation call it ptsd i don't know or (laughs) man crush one or the other well no but it's a man crush on who an anti-man crush on gruden or something no a man crush on staley i know i keep moving back and forth from game to game so i'm confused Right. So the fact that you're not betting the Raiders, I guess you kind of looked at them last week and you saw that they were a mess and you're like, if that continues, then really like my ratings for them aren't accurate. Yeah. I don't know, Jeff. I don't want to say to that. <laughs> look, look, my point here is that if this was college football, it'd be a different thing. But I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I have enough respect for the NFL market. Oh, well, that's a different, that's a different story, Rufus. It is. Like if you're basically, if you're basically saying that when the market is this far off from where you are, you've got no, to, but think- it's not that far off. That's the point. If it was really far off, maybe it's a different story, but it's not that far off. If it's two points off or something. Yeah. But in, in, in any other situation, if you make the line, like you said, in the Raiders game at minus two and you're seeing them plus three and a half, like basically minus 110, you're going to take that plus three and a half, right? That's enough edge. Yeah, but but first off, you're saying if I make it minus two, but you need to clarify if my median or mean is minus two. I don't know the difference between the two of them, so we'll just move I on. I know. You're like most people. Yeah. They're the same, aren't they? Of course. Uh and this is the podcast where we define what to people what the mode was at one point. I, I will say, Jeff, I'm actually going to like, I'll, I'll say this first off. So when I make a number between two teams, I'm not like when, when I quote a number, when I say, oh, I make it Denver minus 1.13, that is my mean number. That is my mean expectation. That is not accounting for the fact that, you know, one is only lands, what, 2.2% of the time or something like that. Right. But 
the whole point is that when you translate that to a median, to a point spread, you have to account for the fact that there are these spikes in the distribution. The fact that a team that's favored to win by one will win by one like 2.2% of the time. A team that's favored to win by one will win by three, nine, almost 9% of the time, right? So basically that it might seem like a lot of distance, it, like in, in quote edge, I guess, if you think about it that way, because three is worth so much crossing the three, but my number is not considering that. So my 1.1 minus 1.13 in terms of if you convert it to a median is probably like minus two, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, all right, let's finish sure. up. Why don't Why don't you give Why don't you give the people that managed to get through this podcast some some minus EV college football picks? Oh, we go to college, eh? Yeah, go to college. Okay, Jeff, we're gonna need. Or can you be our um, line man who gives us what the actual number is for Absolutely. the lines? And I will give you the things that I've bet, and you can tell me where whether they are still good bets. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask for a line quote for Oregon against California? It is minus 13 for the Oregon Ducks. I like the Oregon Ducks. At minus 13. Yes, I do. Okay. I bet it at 13 and a half and 13. So. Okay. Um, let's, what, can I get a line quote for? Ooh, uh, Texas against Oklahoma State. Uh, working on it i mean hold on i can do a search it's minus four and a half minus 107 i will take texas minus four and a half whoa how do you feel about these still being plays for you well, I give you, well, you know, I feel like there's more winners for the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what, Jeff, this is, I have not had a losing college football week this year. So this is probably going to be the losing week. That's what I'm saying. I'm not just letting you know that this is going to be the losing week. So I just want everybody listening to know that there's no chance these can win, given the fact that I'm due for a losing week. So Okay, what else do you got in college? Uh, what do you have for the UNLV line? UNLV is plus seven against Utah State. Yep, boom, we're doing that. Nice. That that that's ginormo. That's like, you know, well, no, I'm not going to say anything. Like that that's like you know, you know, like fifty five percent, maybe hmm. even higher. It's plus seven plus I think minus one hundred five. So got real. Like, I'm value. not getting any respect. You, you're getting very little respect. I mean, what, what's new? I'm I'm used to this. All right, one more, and then we'll let you get on with your merry life. Okay. How about we're sticking with sides, or do you, what about a total? Go for a total. Okay, we'll go for a total. How about Marshall North Texas? What do you have for the under there? And the over. About, do you want the over or the under? Either one. I'm not telling you yet. That was a joke, Rufus. That was a joke. Uh, Marshall. It's uh, 66 overs minus 113. Yeah, we want that under. Let's go. 
Let's go. All right. Some okay. minus EV for people. Yeah, you I know. Love it. That's even a Friday night game. So we got to get this pot That's out. The there. whole point. Like, we want to let them have something to do on Friday night. Cause, Jeff, what else would our listeners do? Well, we're going to, I'm going to be watching our the Red listeners. Sox game tomorrow. And uh, I'm very excited that the Red Sox made, made it through that Tampa series. Um, you know, baseball, I, I like followed very little baseball this year, even though I was like betting it almost every day. Knew very little about anyone on any teams. And then, um, it's a pleasant surprise to watch the playoffs. Playoff baseball is just amazing. It is crazy to think that uh, two over 100 win teams got eliminated in the first round. You know, it's Billy Bean was right. That's all I'm going to say. It's true. Uh, like He was right. He, Farhan is the course. smartest man he's ever met. Well, that and also the fact that a five-game series is largely a crapshoot. Yeah, it is. It's interesting though. Did you ever, did you follow at all the, the giants from an analytical standpoint this year? I, I didn't, I know uh, abnormally distributed apparently like has his entire, had his entire net worth on the giants winning the world series. But I tried to meet up with that guy in Vegas, by the way. And he, he wasn't um, there. Cause he was, no, he messaged me. He's like, yeah, let's meet up. And then I like, and then I messaged him back and was like, okay, let's do it. And then he just ghosted me. He like never responded. Like, I, I'm I'm beginning to doubt whether he's a real human being. He's probably a real human. He being. ghosted us on our podcast or on our on our auction, like you know. Oh, that guy. That guy. Like I was like really? I wanted to see you know he's like he's talks he talks the talk you know. Let's let's. I I actually just wanted to like hang out and like talk shop with him you know. Who do you got in golf this week? Anyone? I mean, you got all the people. Maverick right McNeely. Oh, so I bet He's Maverick beautiful. also. It's interesting. But I noticed how, how his number when I bet him did not seem to be – like you can see where they're like listed in the Chris odds. And if it's like – if it's not – doesn't really follow from where they're in the sort, you're like, oh, Rufus must have hit this guy. I mean, that's what Aaron Kessler tweeted that out already with the circuit stuff. Well, it's because McNeely, it's his home course. Same with Murakawa. Um, I bet McNeely, I bet – so I, I gave him his course experience edge that he deserves. He deserves that. Um, I liked McNeely. I liked Keith Mitchell, Eric Van Royen. I think Siwoo Kim, Grillo, Ortiz. I think I gave out everybody I liked there. I mean, nobody can do anything with it right now though, because they're. Um, I took I took Homa and Morikawa and McNeely. Jeff took everybody. It's for Jeff took the guys that were first, second, third, fourth, and fifth on the leaderboard, right, Jeff? No, I, I'm not. Those guys aren't. They're like in the 15s. Damn, they underachieved. Yeah, they're not. I mean, I'm not in, sitting in a very good position. I just kind of wanted to have some. I, I missed having a golf sweat, right? That's that. The golf sweat is the best sweat in the world. I miss the Calcuttas. I can't wait for April when we get to do another Calcutta. I wonder if all those people will be back in our Calcutta or whether they're just going to be done with it. Well, you took all their money and my money. So I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us. Rufus, get on with your merry life. Um, 
and uh, we'll talk to you guys all next week. And maybe next week we'll have a guest and we'll be better prepared. And it, Rufus will be sober. So we'll talk to you later. The breakdown, the data, analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are put to end just running off a of leaded. 